0: This is Ziggy Heim, and you are listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you-
1: Welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're extremely cute. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on Northeast how independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview episode with the extremely cute wrestler, Colin Delaney. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. We're brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose a desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. I am your host, I am Justin Summers, and we're just gonna slip right into it. I am here on the line with Colin Lightning. How's it going tonight, Colin?
0: Good, man. That is a mouthful. Holy <laughs> crap. Who knew there was so many places that you could get podcasts?
1: I've learned I've learned a lot over the years and like just where to go for all that stuff. And then like, obviously, like a guy like Colt Cabana, who if you just listen long enough, you can like
0: come up with your own notes of like how he does certain things. Yeah, I remember when like I, I think I was like I was one of the first 10 guests on The Art of Wrestling. And I I, I feel like back then it was like right Review on iTunes. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that was it, man. Like, that's what you had. You, I mean, there might have been others, but I don't know about them.
1: Well, that's like, I've been doing this since 2011, and every year it feels like, oh, there's like too many podcasts. But I think every year there's more podcasts that come out, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, thinking back to like maybe like 2014, I was like, wow, there was a lot of podcasts. And I'm like, now, five years later, wow, there's a lot of podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it at this point, uh, I don't even know how you find new – Like, how do you find a new podcast? Like, you go to the top charts, and those are like the most super crazy popular, but they're probably not even like the ones you should be listening to now. There's, it's just podcasting world is wild. Yeah, I mean that, that's why we have this little
1: niche of of Northeast Ohio independent wrestling. There's not a lot out there like us, but we're not, at the same time. I'm not expecting Joe Rogan or even Cole Cabana numbers because it's like, <laughs> sure. Not not I mean people care about AIW, but not as many care about it like compared to like so many other topics. But man, dude, like it's crazy. I've been coming to AIW for eight years. And I remember you were you've been almost I swear every show. I think if I did the math, you've been on the most you have to you had to have been on most shows. And now with guys like like Gargano gone, who was almost on every single show and he's been gone for a couple years, like now you are the staple. And I think of even back then like I looked at you as like oh that was the guy that was on ECW and now someone like shows me a Colin Delaney figure I go oh yeah he was in <laughs> ECW because now I just associate you with independent wrestling and and all that fun stuff
0: sure uh so I I mean at, at AIW 200 I had my 100th AIW match wow so Uh, (laughs) but what the crazy thing is, I don't, I don't even have the record. I'm not, I don't even have the most matches in AIW history. I think I'm still behind Lewis and Eric Ryan. Oh Uh, yeah. Those guys have been around forever too. Well, right. Because I mean, I've been for the the bulk of AIW's, you know, popularity here. I've been there Mm -hmm. probably for all of AIW's real popularity. I've been here. But you got to remember, AIW ran for a good what five years before that. Yeah, and guys like Eric Ryan and Lewis Linden were were staples. So I just reached 100 at 200, so 101 just happened. But yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been crazy. It's been a lot of fun. I it's yeah, I've been in every JLIT tournament. I've been in most of the gauntlet for the golds. I've you know, you you've even won a gauntlet for the gold. I have. I'm uh, what am I? I'm a J-lit and, uh, and an intense title away from the Grand Slam. Wow, I'll I'll never forget that gauntlet
1: because that's when I won. Like I won the money because I had number one. And the funny thing is, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you I've to- I told you this story or 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 not, but um, that year I remember Pedro coming out from the back, like when only a handful of people were in line. He's like, "All right, we're we're still gauntlet for the cash," and I was the first one to pay. And it wasn't like, "Okay, you get you get number one." It was like, "Here, pick any of them." So I pull one, and it's number one. I'm like, oh, there goes my money. Like, I got number one. And then we started the show with you. Also, this is for anybody listening. This is on independentwrestling.tv. You can go check that out. Um, but you were in that opening match. And it was like, whoever whoever gets pinned or submits or whatever, whoever loses gets uh, – has to be number one. Whoever wins gets to be number 30, and, like, you won it. I'm like, all right, like, I now know who my, my dude
0: is. And Oh yeah. I had to wrestle and then I had to go from number one to the end. Yeah. Man, it's a long fucking night.
1: And on top of all that, like me being like really happy that I won, I was unemployed at the time. (laughs) And the next day I was talking to my now ex and I was like, Yeah, I won this money, and then I went, wait a minute my birthday's this weekend. I have to go get my tags renewed. And I'm like, oh, look, I got the money. So like, that that went to all that, man. But yeah, it's
0: been, oh, that's, that's so, that feels so long ago, but it feels like yesterday. I remember being in that gauntlet and I remember being like in the corner, like drenched in sweat, like just dying. being Like this thing's got to be over soon. And hearing (laughs) Pedro call out like, and coming out next, entrant number thirteen, and me being like thirteen. <laughs> How I feel like I've been in here for like I feel like it's already been an hour. Uh, it was I was thirteen people deep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> such a. I came out of that thing with with uh Allison K. Uh, like war scratches across my eye from her bra. Yeah, because that was she was towards the end. <laughs> That, I mean, yeah, she might have been she thirty. In, she had everyone with the, or, no, the, she was, running, she was the running, bra. Yeah, and I took it to the face. I remember being at a rest stop after the show <laughs> on the drive home, and I looked, I, I looked like I had like Freddy Krueger scratches from like my forehead down to my cheek. Oh. Yeah, gauntlet for the goals, wild.
1: <laughs> and the thing that I keep talking with people now, like think back at like Turner's Hall back then, compared to like what we just seen at Hell on Earth, and it's like holy shit like it's so night and day I can't stop talking about it because it it's amazing when you actually put the thought into it and remember how many people were coming to shows at that time
0: yeah and I mean it, it, I love it because the this venue that they just ran in Brook Park was great I remember Thorne sending me pictures of it like months and months ago saying it was a place that he uh, went and looked at and I was like oh man that's super cool but nothing beats the Odeon now it's got such that like yeah. cool you know dark like the lighting's cool concert venue feel which is great but like yeah i remember the 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 church that came before turner's Mm -hmm. i mean my first aiw show was one in uh sandusky ohio in some like i don't even know how you describe this place some basement Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i couldn't even tell you what it was it was some kind of bar uh and it was me and jimmy against uh Dalton Castle and my brother Ed, Freddie Midnight, in a random wacky tag match.
1: I'm always sad that I missed the Dalton Castle era of Aiw. <laughs> You're fine.
0: You didn't miss much. <laughs> well, I think for me, you didn't, get, you didn't get the you didn't get the good. Like Dalton Castle is a whole different animal now than he was back when we first were bringing him around. Back then, he was like you know fresh from fresh from training, pretty much. I mean, we were just we just started taking him on the road. He wasn't even really out there very much.
1: Yeah, I I think I just kind of wish I was there to see him because I remember when I first started watching (laughs) independent wrestling, he was the name that I always heard about but was never booked at AIW or anything, and I didn't get to meet him until he was uh, at uh, WrestleMania weekend for ROH in Orlando. It was just kind of like, man,
0: it's been a Uh, long time. It's funny because on Cage Match in the – results for that match because dalton and freddie wrestled as the banana brigade because that was uh, a group that freddie was freddie midnight was a part of up here in upstate new york and traditionally that tag team was uh freddie midnight and bobby fish so on cage match it says that me and jimmy wrestled the banana brigade and then in parentheses freddie midnight and bobby fish but it's absolutely dalton castle
1: the the errors that you find on Cage Match is <laughs> is absolutely crazy. I love it when I I find two different entries from like one person and they think that they are two different people. Meaning, and I'm like, oh yeah yeah yeah. It's like, oh no, that this is this person. And then the other side of all that is, oh this person has a hyperlink, but this person
0: doesn't. Like how- the uh, the like the the world of Cage Match and like Wikipedia is like the same way. Like oh, people can just add things at will. So sometimes Wikipedia is just full of crazy information. Oh, I mean, for a while. I'm pretty sure my Wikipedia forever said that one of my signature moves was a super kick. And I physically cannot and Mm. never have done a super kick.
1: I think during the Hot Sauce Tracy Williams run with Absolute Title, on Tim Don's page, it said he was the current champion. (laughs) Nice. And I don't know how we just completely skipped over gauge of anybody either editing it or not and – like, I'm like, well, no, Don's no, he's not champion. What the hell?
0: Uh, the internet.
1: <laughs> uh, one thing I want to talk to you about we haven't talked about this in a while, and I feel like it's pretty relevant now. And you got a little bit of bragging rights. Are you still a 49ers fan?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How does I, uh, it, how's the ceiling mean I mean, f- I'm, season? Not, uh, I'm not one of those annoying sports fans that like puts it all over the internet and has to tell you that I am a 49ers fan. But oh, yeah, I'm a 49ers fan, and, uh, and it is it's a good time right now. It's a good time to be a fan. I've been watching pretty much every game this year. The, this past week against the Ravens was a, was a heartbreaker, but we hung in there with the best team in the, in football and lost by a field goal in the last second. We've lost twice, both times by a field goal in the actual last second of the game. So, you know, you can't, you can't be mad at that. And then still, I I hear football analysts, not really giving the 49ers, their proper respect still, uh, you know, saying that the Saints are the best team in the NFC and the you know predicting this team and that team but no one really talking about the 49ers so they're
1: they're my current pick to win the NFC uh, I think maybe experience points is kind of where they're lacking when it comes to like playoffs but sure. what I, what I've seen for them like during this season like just the dismantling one of the best if not greatest quarterbacks uh, of this era, Aaron Rodgers, and like that's the one that like, everybody, oh, yeah. everybody praises. And when I didn't get to watch it, but when I saw the score, I was like, are you kidding me? And this team is going to the playoffs, and the Packers might get in there too? Oh, come on. If the
0: Niners don't win the NFC, like I don't know who is. Yeah, I knew the I, – I had faith going into the Packers game that, that we were going to come out of that one on top. I was nervous about the Ravens game because it was on a sloppy field, and – uh, they do play a similar style of ball that can that, you know, can can travel and, and plays pretty much against anybody. Uh, but I, I, I'll be honest, I, I think we're going to beat up the Saints. I really think we're going to beat up the Saints. See that. Is that this week or? <laughs> yes. Ooh. The 49ers played the Packers, uh, followed by traveling across the coast to play the Ravens at one o'clock, followed by playing the New Orleans Saints uh in New Orleans, yeah because this will be coming out Monday or Tuesday of next week so so I'll just celebrate the 49ers win now <laughs> there's a great win by the 49ers I don't know people uh yeah people think it's it's pretty 50 but I would be surprised if the 49ers lost this one
1: I think at the beginning of the year it was definitely like all right like how good is this team really how good is this team really but much like the Ravens in the AFC some of these wins it's like oh, this isn't like oh they're winning by a couple points. It's they're winning handedly against good teams. Or yes, you have the ones that that come down to the wire. But oh god, this is like like I said, they're my they're right now my NFC pick, and I think AFC. I kind of want I I kind of want I have to
0: go Patriots only because see I think I think so I think the AFC I think the NFC is going to be. Uh, like, one of the, the top teams is going to be the one to go to the Super Bowl. But I think in the AFC, I think, like, the Chiefs who have slowed down are going to, like, slide into the playoffs and go bananas or something wacky like oh, that, you know? Okay. The AFC is going to come down to that team that gets hot at the right time, whereas the NFC, one of those teams, is going to bulldoze to the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, I can't wait till we get to weeks after Week 17 and we finally know the final playoffs, like, how, how they're going to start because that could be the difference of – the, the what the AFC Championship game is going to look like because I as of right now without obviously knowing how it's going to unfold, but I would you would figure we're going to get down to
0: the Patriots and the Ravens, but that I don't that know. I be... that, it seems like a foregone conclusion, but look like look at the the Patriots playing the the Texans uh, last week. Come on, man, they don't look that good anymore. They they're 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 definitely slowed down. They're they're beating people because they. They're coach better and they're they're smarter and they you know they game plan better but they aren't beating teams on talent and i don't know if uh playing smarter is going to get you all the way to the super bowl
1: but i the thing is with the patriots every at least once a season they have that really bad spot where it's like this is the end this is over it's the end of the era and then you get towards or you get into the playoffs and then tom brady's like all right like here we go and you just go oh yeah i forgot that they lost that game Three weeks ago, horribly. Now they're they're back to being the Patriots. That's when I think when we get to the playoffs, that's would be the true test for him. But I think like if I was betting money, it is so hard. But you do bring up a good point about the Chiefs. I think I've kind of undercut them, but anything can happen in the playoffs, and that that could be potential. They're they want
0: revenge. But the uh, so the, have you heard this crazy conspiracy theory about the Patriots, which I'm uh, I'm fifty fifty on board with that they basically just threw the games against the teams they knew they might see in the playoffs. Huh? Like the, 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 apparently if you watch the Ravens game, it's not as much as the Texas game, but with the Ravens game, knowing that they were going to see the Ravens again, they threw out like no, like all basic coverages, no blitz packages, no, uh, you know, no real formations. They just threw out a basic game yeah, and just got trounced just with the intent to not show the Ravens anything. Because they knew they were going to see them again. They want to surprise them when it matters. And that is some mad scientist, crazy Bill Belichick stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, I that I'm I'm here for it. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to be surprised if that's the truth. If they if they come out and play the Ravens and blow the doors off them, like it wouldn't surprise me. They basically put
1: that illusion on that they come in limping, and then you know they they blow the team out. So that yeah that. That makes a lot of sense because – <laughs> It almost makes too much sense. Because the Ravens and the Patriots have a very quiet rivalry. And I think – I mean, really? it died down for a couple of years. But now, like, it, it seems to be back because the Ra- – I mean, the Ravens are doing way better than I thought they were going to do. I thought Lamar Jackson was going to have a really bad sophomore year. Uh, haha, turns out I'm fucking wrong. Uh, <laughs> at least I got him on one of my fantasy teams. So it's like, okay – uh, he's been really killing it for me. So uh, good, good thing he didn't yeah, have that. Can't be too sophomore. mad. But I I think in one league, the league that I have, him mean, I tried to trade him away for, uh, yeah, I'm a homer, for uh, Baker Mayfield. And the dude Oof. turned down my trade. And now I'm like, oh, like, good thing that didn't happen. Like, I didn't accept it.
0: Man, I woke up from like a weird sports dream the other day. And the only thing I remember from the dream, the I woke up thinking that Mike Marts was the coach of the Cleveland Browns. I dreamed that Freddie Kitchens got fired and they hired Mike Martz. And like I woke up and I was like, oh, that was just a dream. But why did I dream that? Man, that's so weird. But like it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Mike Martz was like the greatest show on turf coach. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, would come back to, to coach this crazy talent-filled Browns team. I was like, man, is, is my sleeping brain a genius? I swear I've never had that thought before in my life. But I woke up and I just believed it. Yeah, that almost sounds like so weird that it could be true. Like, I so mean, like, it, like you're I, predicting it. If it happens, if it happens, like that's some Nostradamus crazy stuff right there. And I'm going to have to start like, I don't know, tracking my dreams better. Because <laughs> I haven't heard like Mike Mart's name since he was with the Bears, if I'm correct. So I looked him up. The last thing he did, he coached the San Diego Fleet in the AAF Okay. Uh, in their one failed season. And then I looked into it even deeper because my brain was like – I was like, how is my brain – why do my brain even think this? Uh, he is about the age that Dick Vermeil was when he came back and coached the Rams to that first Super Bowl, which Mike March was the coordinator for. I was like, man, I don't know if my brain like <laughs> – where it, where it pulled this information. Yeah. But – uh, I I don't know. Just, I mean, keep an eye out for it is all I'm saying. Yeah, the Bears
1: was the last like NFL team he was with. So he had been out from 2011 to 2019. So, ooh, that would be – that wouldn't be a, a bad pickup. But I don't know. Like as a Browns fan, I'm like <laughs> – I don't know who I want coaching because I always – this is the fear that I have. And I don't know if everybody else has this maybe with the Browns or with their team. No matter who we pick, I'm afraid it's going to be the wrong pick.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh I, I'm not I'm not like that, but I can see you being that yeah. as a Browns fan.
1: <laughs> but like I think even with the same thing like before uh, the, the Niners got Garoppolo, I I was like, "Oh, why don't the Browns go for him? Like he could be great." But then I was like, "Great, we'll get another backup quarterback and he's just going to be as shit as all the other backup quarterbacks that we've started." Like right. And then of course, he's he's been pretty fucking good. So I, I would love I mean I would love to see just that as a Super Bowl too the Niners and the Patriots I think you you have a really good storyline just with Tom Brady playing against his back former backup in the Super Bowl and my storyline because i my epitome for Steelers fans is the Patriots win they get seven Super Bowls most Super Bowls ever but if the Niners win they they also tie we have three six win teams
0: yeah so the Steelers can get off their high horse.
1: Well, they're supposed to be off their high horse by now because the Patriots did it. And even like even when we had the, the Niners versus the Ravens, I was rooting for the Niners partially because I really wanted somebody else to get six
0: Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Uh, the only thing about that, so I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast sometimes, and I'm Bill Simmons. He's a Patriots fan, and he's rooting for uh, Niners, Patriots, Super Bowl because – then he can say, Well, they only got to the Super Bowl because they have our backup quarterback. And I was like, Man, <laughs> uh, damn it.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, they, they had to, get, I don't want to say they had to get rid of them, but I always feel like if you can have like a really good backup quarterback, you need that because in this league, there's, there's so many times where, you know, like let's look at Pittsburgh, you know, they're, their big franchise quarterback goes down. The person they have in right behind him was not really that good. And now the, the third string starting, and he actually looks better than the second string. Yeah. Crazy. But if you're a guy like Brady, if he's gone and you had a guy like Garoppolo behind him, it's like, Oh, like we're all, we're all in this. We're going to still go full steam ahead. But I, I mean, obviously when your contract's up, you're going to go where the money is. You don't care re- about everybody else. And if you know your talent, like he did, which it did suck too on, on this flip side of that of, like his first season. well, Was it the first game or the second game or something? Like early just getting injured.
0: Yeah, it was early, and then he was out for the year. And then Jarek McKinnon, who was supposed to be like the feature back in that offense, and was supposed to be actually more than the feature back. He was supposed to be kind of who the offense ran through uh, in that offense. It was supposed to be kind of predicated on the, the running back being also a, a heavy pass catcher, and that's kind of what he does. So – uh, when he went down and Garoppolo went down, I was like, well, let's just write this season off. <laughs> but I, I didn't hate it because it just gave Garoppolo a kind of a, a season underneath to kind of learn the system better and to let everything else kind of fall into place before he came in. So I think I, – I, I honestly don't think uh, or didn't think that this year would be the 49ers year. At this point, I'm not ruling it out, but I still – if they don't make the Super Bowl this year, I'm not going to be mad because, you know, just looking at it, that they've got they're set up for the next five, six years yeah. to make another run. So,
1: uh, which years were hard for harder for you to live with as a Niners fan? Singletary years. Or the end of the hardball era when like the whole locker room damn near got liquidated and just like whatever reason uh, suspended
0: or just whatever. It just seemed like the the epitome. I think it's like kind of like the end of the Kaepernick year. Yeah, probably that one. Because the, the other years, um, like we, we just weren't good. And uh, you knew that and you saw that and there just wasn't talent. Mm. So to see talent be on the team and then just leave the team like – Patrick Willis, I have a Patrick Willis jersey. That man just up and left football. He just <laughs> left football, you know. Uh, and so that was kind of that was, I think, a, a harder. These last couple of years as a Niners fan were harder than the uh, the Singletary, the uh, the Alex Smith era of Niners football.
1: The thing that I love about the Singletary era was the sound bites because he was, I think, he had a couple really good ones in one speech that like. Cannot play with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Can't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Singletary was good for that. Sound, coaching sound bites are, are one of my favorite things. The uh, the Mike Gundy. I'll never I'll never not love that Mike Gundy clip. Ever the anniversary of that Mike Gundy clip is like I, I celebrate it every year. <laughs> do you have any
1: n- Niners jerseys in your closet that you really regret owning?
0: No no i don't uh i like when i was a kid i had a i had a jerry rice that's how i became a fan then i got a steve young and i got another jerry rice and then i uh i I guess the most embarrassing is probably the jeff garcia but i liked jeff garcia yeah i can't be mad about the jeff garcia jersey Uh, i had a to jersey i had a patrick willis jersey i had a frank gore jersey I, i i stuck pretty uh you know went with the heavy hitters
1: yeah, Garcia was pro- like probably the worst of that list, but I don't think that's not a slight against
0: him. The rest were just that good, especially starting off with Jerry Rice. I mean, that's... That's how I became a 49ers fan. My grandparents just bought me a, a Jerry Rice football jersey, and then, you know, I didn't know anything about football. as just a kid, but then I started following and started watching, and then I was off to the races from there. But I did, when the Bills, when the Niners came to Buffalo a couple of years ago, I did go in my jeff garcia jersey because i thought it was funny uh this is this is in the era where they were terrible so i was like they're gonna get smoked anyways i'm gonna wear my jeff garcia jersey and just rock it out the the epitome
1: of being a browns fan is having at least one really bad jersey that you regret. well you would
0: have to like how many how many Peyton Hillis jerseys do you have do you have more than two <laughs>
1: I, I honestly well I have three Browns jerseys the first one was a Cribs jersey that's signed and like I don't I don't wear that anymore the other right. one is uh Johnny Manziel yep and like that's probably the biggest one I regret but that was changed into uh there's a company around here that will put a new nameplate but keep the old one on, but they'll put a new one over it. Wow. So, Which is very smart in this market. So I have like a personalized jersey of that. But before I did that, I was like, I just spent I spent X amount of money on this Cribs jersey. I spent X amount of money on this Manziel jersey. I'm just going to get the personalized one. I don't care if people think I look like a douche. Guess what? Um, I'm not leaving this team ever. So right. then I'm going to get to wear it forever. And then also, like, I'm a Bears fan. That, I think the worst... <sighs> Might have no, it was Brandon Marshall. I was about to say Cutler. I have a couple of Cutlers. Those those I'll never wear again. <laughs> oh. But the worst was Brandon Marshall because within six months or so of buying the jersey, he was traded or whatever. And I was like, I I just bought this jersey.
0: Yeah, what that's in the, the tough fuck? thing about jerseys nowadays, which is why that company that does the 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 new the new names is is pretty genius uh, with free agency and trades and and how quickly people move from team to team. Man, like whoo.
1: Yeah, it makes so much sense in, in the Browns market because, yeah, uh, Peyton
0: Hillis, <laughs> Trent Richardson, too. Peyton Hillis. <laughs> that, that, dude's, that dude probably sold more jerseys in like a three-month span than probably anybody, and he was out of the league like three months later. It was like the craziest turnaround. He was like I, – i I'm not sure there's anything like it. I don't know. You can put a, a another human being that was even close.
1: Damn near nobody with the, the Broncos – we we get him in a trade, uh, where we get rid of Brady Quinn. There's another there's another random name. Um we I am get, a Notre Dame guy. I liked Brady Quinn. I liked him, but I don't like he was like just the I be- liked
0: him more than I liked him more than Jimmy Clausen.
1: Uh, there's <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of just Browns court in that Anyway, but um Hillis doesn't really do much, and then all of a sudden he has a couple of breakout games, big hit. And I think if it wasn't for him being on the Madden cover, P- he would just be another blip on the radar, where it's just like, remember Peyton Hillis? Uh, no, he was a guy that just, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I forgot,
1: totally forgot about him. But now he's like, oh, he's Madden 12.
0: He got so hot. He had like half half a great year. It was probably even less than that. And people went bananas for him. And he got on the Madden cover. And I'm not – I. I I would be interested in how many yards he has in a football game after the Madden cover.
1: Uh, He had a really shoddy year after that. Like, I think he had a couple good games. I'll give him that credit. But, like, there was some that he sat out because of contract negotiations, Uh, other other because he was sick, quote-unquote. So, and then I think, yeah, his contract was up. He went elsewhere, and much like Trent Richardson, uh, just kind of, like, bounced around the league and then eventually,
0: you know, gone. I'm I'm Wikipediaing him later. I you know I I already know it. I'm like, man, I need to know what this guy's doing current day. I just watched some sort of like mini
1: documentary on him and I think I swear it was on YouTube, but I can't remember, where they talked about a lot of like that time and then stuff that he had to deal with in football and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this is kind of interesting because I as a dude I kinda liked you, but you were a running yeah. back that were like was like really good and then nothing. Just like like and I said, then, Trent Richardson. Yeah. Totally gone. All right, man. We've talked a lot about the NFL, but uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, man, we got deep into that one. <laughs> I just did. Uh, have you? Do you ever listen to Antonio Thomas's podcast?
1: No, the only football podcast I listen to, and it's just because I've listened to him for
0: years, is Ross Tucker. Oh, okay, uh, and you, you remember Antonio Thomas, right? Of yeah. the, the heartthrobs, Antonio yeah. the promised Thomas. Yeah. Well, he has a he has a wrestling pod or a, a sports. But he ha- hosts a sports podcast on like the Wrestling Observer site. And I just did that one the other day where we literally just talked. Uh, he's also a Niners fan. We literally talked to 49ers for like <laughs> an hour and hour and a half or something crazy like that. I, I didn't
1: realize it until like after we figured out like, oh, let's do through Thursday. And I'm like, I'm a Bears fan. They're playing right now. <laughs> That's um, fine. It's fine. Yeah, This game's not about the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to. I mean, they might win, but they're not going to playoffs. I, I'm not. I'm not putting nope. my hopes up on a shitty fucking kicker. Yep. But anyway, uh, the main reason that I wanted to bring you on, it's something that's been going on for a while, is the business that you were a part of in Rochester. If uh, I got the yep. name right, Pop Rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. So explain like how before we even get into where we are now, but like explain like how that came to be and what it was all about.
0: Okay, so uh, me and my friend, we had the idea to have a uh, like a comic book store, collectible store, coffee shop type of place, because we always just thought that, you know, all those types of places, comic book stores and collectible stores and toy stores and places like that were kind of just, you know, you love to go to them when you were a kid or even as as an adult. But you go in, you get what you want and you leave. So we thought we should turn that into more of a hangout. Mm hmm. Um, so we were going to do comics, collectibles, coffee. Uh, and I said energy drinks because I don't really do coffee, but I do drink a literal shit ton of (laughs) sugar free monsters. Okay. So that's kind of how it started. And then, uh, we talked about how we needed, uh, you know, if people, if we wanted people to hang out, we were gonna have to feed people. So we talked about different snack things we could do. And I, I, I kind of always had this idea to, at some point in life, I thought it'd be cool to have a bar that had like Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. and serve people cereal, had like a cereal bar. And, you know, it's a bar, but they have cereal in the morning and they have cartoons on all the TVs. And so we took that. and we were like, you know what? Why don't we just do it all the time? So, yeah, we had to had cartoons on the TVs. We, we serve cereal all the time, different combinations of cereals. Uh, we, we came up with like energy drink concoctions called mocktails where they're just like, uh, you know, crazy colorful mixes of energy drink and stuff. And, and yeah, we, uh, we opened a business downtown in Rochester in April of 2018.
1: Okay. So not too, too long ago. I I love the cereal concept because cereal is just one thing that I think as a kid, like I mean I obviously love all the kids cereals, but I was afraid like I'm going to get older and I'm not going to be able to eat these cereals anymore for whatever reason. And then as I got older, I'm like, "Oh no, that's not really a thing. I, if I want cornflakes, I can get cornflakes, but if I want Cocoa Pebbles or Fruit Loops, like I can I can get those too." And there's so much nostalgia, even just with that whole thing of of watching it with cartoons. And I always remember like a lot of the the, the cereals that don't last. The ones that just come out of nowhere that are supposed to be for a special time, and just like going down the road because I think something like we, me and you talked about was when they when they reintroduced the, the Pop Tart cereal, and like, yeah we, yeah yeah we hadn't got them here yet, and then literally like right after I had the conversation with you, like a week later, they we finally
0: got them, and like the, those were so good. I think I didn't even realize how many cereals that there actually were. Until we opened and, and I started buying them and, and I started really looking every time I went down the cereal aisle and I was like, oh man, there is like uh, – there's no way we could have even kept all the cereals. We had to like cut it to a list of like – we had like probably 32 or 33 cereals and but that's like the regular cereals and then we'd have a shelf of just like seasonal ones that we would you know rotate in and out. So close to 40 cereals at any time and that's not even you're just like scratching the surface at that point
1: is it like with sea, seasonal cereals like i think the one that always has to be talked about is the the
0: monster cereals yeah so like the frankenberry the Booberry, the yeah. uh the what's the other one Count, oh, Count Jocula, of course <laughs> uh but then you know like and nowadays there's every every company does a Halloween one. So like Reese's Puffs turns into bat shaped mm-hmm. uh, Reese's Puffs for the season. There's a pretty damn near every cereal has a pumpkin spice version. There's pumpkin spice frosted flakes There's pumpkin spice Cheerios, pumpkin spice life, uh, pumpkin spice life. So there's all of those. There's, oh, uh, Apple Jacks does a, a, a one with marshmallows. That's got like uh, spooky bats and everything, you know, spooky Marshmallow shapes and yeah. whatnot. So yeah, so there's always something. And then there's even in like weird off times, there'll be the the random ones that pop up. Like, do you ever have the? Uh, they're kind of like the Pop-Tart cereal, but they're called Fillos. Fillos. That I don't. I want to say they we had, haven't a, had them. They had a cookies and cream Fillos. They had a, uh, uh, uh Cinnabon cinnamon roll Fillos, which were fucking delicious. Remember Dunkaroos? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, these cinnamon roll fillows were just like dunkaroos, but the cream was inside the, the piece of cereal.
1: Oh, I just I just had to Google it. Yeah, I had the. I know we tried the cream filled fillows. Yeah, those are fucking good. I don't think I've yeah, seen the, the cinnamon ones or the cinnamon oh, roll the ones. The
0: Cinnamon ones were literally like dunkaroos in one piece. They were amazing. Did, did you? I
1: forget if we had this conversation. Did you try the Sour Patch Kids one?
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, delicious by themselves without milk. I I never. So I'm lactose intolerant, anyways. No, okay. So everything goes with uh, almond milk for me. Um, but I never dared to try them with uh with milk. But I could snack them all day.
1: See, that was one that my fiance when she tried it before me, because she loved loved Sour Patch Kids. She was like, it tasted weird with milk. It tasted like the milk was sour. And when I yeah, that's where I couldn't get around it. (laughs) Well, I didn't. I didn't. For me, it wasn't that experience. It was just. It tasted like Fruit Loops, but a little sour.
0: Yes, right, right, correct. Uh, I thought I thought they tasted like kind of sour tricks. Okay, tricks too. That's that's another good one. But then I saw like I people would get them all the time, and then like the milk that would be left would have like this film over it, and I was like, no. I'm not I'm not <laughs> signing myself up for this. I don't remember if I tried it with the if I drank
1: the milk afterwards. I just remember I had one bowl and then I'm like, "You know what? I'm good on this." Like I tried it. I have to, I have that thing. I go down the cereal aisle and I see something new. I'm like, "I don't know what you taste like. I want to find out."
0: It's a fun gimmick. The the it was a it was a fun
1: gimmick. It was a part of a string of like early la- uh, this year where like cereals were coming out and I'm like, "Where are we going like the the, the donut cereal, which was basically. The donut like,
0: cereal were delicious. It was like powdered che- sugar
1: Cheerios that we had for, I think, a while. I don't know if they're still around anymore, but that's what they reminded me of. But it was that enough to where they, it, they did kind of taste like a powdered donut.
0: Agreed, because uh, they left that like powdered. Like, you know, when you eat a powdered donut, it leaves that feeling in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It was like that. It left that feeling in your mouth. So even, you know, it doesn't matter what it tasted like. You had that feeling like you ate a powdered donut. I liked them a lot. Did you see that Eggos are back? Ego cereals back? I did not. Uh, one time when I was in Brooklyn, I was in Brooklyn uh, doing extra work for uh, SummerSlam and all that stuff for WWE. And there's like a weird market across the street from the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. and I went in and I was walking around, and they had boxes of waffle crisp, and I was like, ah, so much of me wants to buy this, but the other part of me is like, it's probably a expired, b, I'm then gonna have to walk across the street to the Barclays Center with a bunch of boxes of waffle crisp, <laughs> so I'm just gonna leave them there. I mean, do, do they not sell waffle crisp anymore? Did that f- fade away at one point? That uh, waffle crisp has been gone for like a long,
1: long time. Wow. Because I, I remember like Waffle Crisp been around a long time or at least was for a, a period and then the Eggo, uh cereal came out and I'm like, oh, cool. Like it's it's kind of the same thing, different shape, whatever. I kind of liked Ego a little bit more and then I noticed Ego cereal went away and I kind of forgot about Waffle Crisp and I don't know if Ego, which I think that I think the cereal might be by Post. Uh, they were like, "Oh, like, yeah, probably." They were like, "Oh, our our market's gone, and we also had those honey bun cereal out, which was kind of the same thing. So let's bring it back." And they added instead of just maple syrup, they added blueberry.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Fiance had it last night. She, she liked it, and I like I tried it dried. It mm-hmm. was it wasn't that bad. I'm like, wow, white. Like, it's it's again. It's one of those gimmicks. I I walk down the aisle, see something new, and I go, I
0: I gotta try you. Uh, when we first opened, there was a Captain Crunch. It was blueberry pancake Captain Crunch. So I imagine it was pro- it probably tastes a lot like that. Yeah. Uh, it was around when we first opened, and it it went away pretty quickly, if I remember correctly. Andy Williams from uh, Every Time I Die and The Butcher and the Blade uh, came in. I don't, I don't think it was our opening day, but it was our opening week. Mm. And uh, and that's the one he got and he liked a lot, I remember. <laughs> but we couldn't find it anymore to keep it around for him. For,
1: for me, one that I remember we had this conversation where like my favorite, like one out right now and a little bit newer is the newer s'more cereal. And you had told me that yes. you guys like you guys had your own version that was basically the same thing before
0: they introduced that. Yeah, so what we did was like cereal combinations. We put toppings on them and different stuff like that. So we had, we, you know, we have golden grams and we have cocoa puffs. So we put those together and then we have, we always had like a tub of, you know, Lucky Charms marshmallows. So we put marshmallows on it and then chocolate syrup. Mm-hmm. So that was the s'mores. So when it came down to it, we didn't usually buy the cereals like, oh, we already have a s'mores. I'm not buying the box of s'mores. <laughs> yeah. And then it was probably, like, and like, I would say, cheaper uh, for you to make Or other things that would just be like like Frosted Flakes with marshmallows. It's like, okay, I have Frosted Flakes and marshmallows at the shop. I'm not buying the box of Frosted Flakes with marshmallows. Yeah.
1: So what what has happened since the opening, which is like kind of the big thing that's been making a little bit of waves over the past couple
0: months? So uh, my business partner, uh, so uh, my friend Nick Ando and his wife, Uh, went in on this with us as well and about i don't even know what the time frame was but my business partner started getting further and further away from the business wanted to make decisions but never was in there or doing any of the work so we were kind of getting on to that and so there was already a rift in you know in the 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 group here Mm -hmm. and One day, as I'm traveling to an AIW show, I receive a text message that says that the locks have been changed and that the police would be called if we tried to enter the premises. So I'm on the road. It's like Friday at five o'clock. I can't do anything about it. Can't call any like, you know, can't call a lawyer. Can't do anything. I already had a lawyer at this point because he was being shady. So uh, I get back and I try to work everything out. And what it comes down to is his name is on the lease. Because he had uh, a a business prior that he could put down as like, I don't know what the word is, but he was able to be the one to sign the lease at the time. We never thought to change it to putting the business or putting the lease under the business name uh, as time went on because, well, we were running a business. There's a bajillion other things to think about when running a business that are not like whose name is technically on the lease. Mm -hmm. So he used that to block us out. And I mean, as shitty as it is, that's still, I mean, where we stand, there's really nothing short of going to a full blown lawsuit that we can currently do about it. Mm -hmm. And I have just said to people, you know, while all of this is going on, don't go in there. Don't support this, mm-hmm. which I don't think is an unreasonable ask no I in fact think that uh, him continuing to run the business and act like nothing's happening and that he didn't do anything is deceitful and you know like yeah. just wrong so and you know because I've told people not to support uh people have been really awesome, and uh you know people have fought back and tried to spread the word. And because of that, I guess I take all the blame for that. And he has lashed out at me and called me a thief and a liar and a con man and all this crazy stuff. And at the end of the day, all I've ever said is, listen, here's what happened. This is an actual text I received. Since then, I have not been able to get into my business that I have busted my ass for for the last year and a half and put my fucking heart and soul into Uh, Since I got that text, I have not been able to go in and do that. And he is currently trying to just butt everybody out and act like it is all his and it was always just his. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't think until this situation is rectified that people should support that. People shouldn't support that kind of behavior until there is a resolution. And I don't think I've ever been, you know, uh, out of line. I think my message remains the same and it's always going to remain the same. Uh, you know. Yeah, you,
1: you've you seemed to be fair. I mean, at least for, for what we've seen on social media is very civil. You know, maybe it's it's people, other people that are, are going to extreme lengths, but that's not your fault. You're just telling...
0: Right. You, like, that's not... I said, you know, let your voice be heard. Don't, you know, other people are mad about this, too. So I encourage people to say how they feel also. And then, yeah, he's lashed out back at me and accused me of attempting assault and, like in front of his children like while he was holding his child or something bananas like that and Mm -hmm. like accuses me of stealing and all this crazy stuff and it's like dude you're going nuts on me and all i've said is that i think it's deceitful and wrong for you to even ask people to continue to support until we find a resolution of the situation he's been saying well they shouldn't people shouldn't be taking to social media about it they should be handling it the right way through the law Well, if you had such a problem with what was going on in the business, and if there was all this stuff going on, then you should have gone to the law instead of doing the illegal thing you did and locking everybody out. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're, you know, I'm a cool level headed dude. I try to, you know, handle things in the best way that I possibly can. This has been a fucking nightmare. The whole thing has been a nightmare. But, you know, I just try to keep moving forwards every day. I'm just trying to get to a resolution on this whole thing. Really, honestly. Yeah, because I, when
1: everything was going good. Like I remember, like you always like talking about the business, on uh, on social media or just in person. And that's where me and you had like some some serial conversations. And uh, I wanted to have you on like before everything went went to shit. And I think that's at some point I approached you months ago about it. And yeah. We were just like, oh, like we'll figure it out, blah blah blah. And then when everything went to shit, it was like, oh man, like. I I know how much you loved it, and I think I, everybody else would agree. So, like you, and I know you took it hard. Like the, sure, this this yeah. wasn't just like something small where you know you you lost something that doesn't really matter. It's you you lost something very important, and that was I don't want to say giving you purpose, but like it it was definitely giving you a good feeling, and that's what that's all that
0: mattered. Sure, and I mean I you know like I said I I, I really was. I mean I was in there 50, 60 hours a week every week, like. And that's not like a brag. That's what you do when you open a business. Yeah. But on the other hand, when there's another person who also supposedly owns this business, who isn't in there more than two hours a week and then locks me out, you know, it's like, what, what are we talking about? How is this? And then, yeah, all this stuff goes through and it's like, how is this? The law is a crazy thing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's something that I, I could probably speak for anybody who's a fan of yours or, and you've come across it with it. Like, I hope this gets worked out, especially in in your favor, because far as what I've I've been told what I hear, even what I've kind of like snooped into on social media. Like, yeah, like that's probably what deserves to happen.
0: For sure, man. I appreciate it. I'm uh, like I said, I'm fighting for it every day and and working hard to get to some kind of resolution. And that's once again, my message hasn't wavered from the very start. Like, don't support this business until there's a resolution uh, whether that resolution is that i'm back in there or whether we have to you know blow it up and figure something else out you know like that's it until there's some kind of resolution to the situation i don't even understand how anybody can expect anybody to want to go in there or support something like that
1: T- totally agree um We'll get off this topic, and we'll close the show out like we always do, and we're going to go into the fave five questions. This is All right, I'm ready. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? Let's start with question number one. This might be interesting with you. Very popular question. You've probably answered it online at some point. Where do you sit, sheets or Wawa?
0: Ooh, um... Uh, Sheets at this point in my life I do have a soft spot for Wawa I discovered Wawa long before I ever discovered Sheets because I used to make trips To Philadelphia all the time Yeah. So and on that trip On that travel there was no Sheets It was only Wawa and they do have An amazing uh, Thanksgiving uh, Hoagie that I used To always get around Thanksgiving time But that being said Yeah nowadays it's Sheets
1: I've heard a lot of people talk about the Gobbler and it's equivalent to what we have at get go with the the pilgrim. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, I've I've been told the difference is like we have stuffing bread. Wawa yes. is just stuffing, and then had someone throw out they were like, if they would put sweet potatoes on the gobbler, that'd be better. I'm like, Oh, this
0: this needs to happen. Yeah, the, the get go, like just don't even mention get go. You can't even put that in the conversation, even. I mean, it's a similar concept for what they have for the sandwich, but I can't even bring myself to order it at the get-go. I look at the get-go menu anytime I'm at one if I, like, that's the only thing around, and I search through it, and I'm like, I don't want any of this crap. Oh, man, that's that's my favorite. No way.
1: A L- lot of us in Northeast Ohio, like, if you don't like sheets, I think the next option is get-go, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of their menu, and it's stuff like – because they'll do some sort of, like – weird sandwich special and like right now it's the pilgrim they did a like a grandmother's chicken dinner for a while which was kind of like the gobbler but with chicken and mashed potatoes
0: and something i can't remember off the top of my head because it's been a couple years up in Rochester, we have no mto options we don't have a sheets we don't have a wawa we don't have a get-go oh damn i know uh, i know <laughs> all right question number two what's your
1: favorite video game console of all time mm, nintendo gamecube okay i that's an odd one. I don't think I've, I've yeah, heard many uh, people talk about that one as much.
0: It's, uh, so, yeah, it came right after the N64. We were a Nintendo household. Okay. Uh, I didn't have any of the PlayStation systems. I mean, Nintendo 64 had all the the, the classic games that I, I really enjoyed. But GameCube was that first step into, like, that next generation of gaming with, you know, it was very similar to, the like, the PS2 type of stuff. Uh, and I just, it was my favorite just because it was, you know. It came out when I was in a a good age for for video gaming like that you know uh early teens age when I was playing video games a lot more yeah I al- just hit the sweet spot <laughs>
1: I've always yeah. been a Super Nintendo person
0: that I mean oh that, well that just made... yeah I mean Super Nintendo was the best for like role playing games and stuff for sure like uh Chrono Trigger Final Fantasy three or six, whichever you prefer to call it uh Oh, what, there's more. There, there was, like, it was
1: a... It wow, Link to the Past for me. Storms.
0: Oh, Link to the Past, yeah. That's, like, one thing yeah. that, that me and Donst agree on,
1: is, like, that's the greatest video game of all time.
0: I forget about Link to the Past. No, Super Nintendo was great. I was a Nintendo guy. Like, uh, yeah, I grew up with a Nintendo, and then we got a Super, and then we got an N64, and then we got a GameCube. <laughs> After the GameCube, I think GameCube's really the last system I really faithfully played I, I don't I'm not really a video game guy mm-hmm. uh, I just don't there's there's so many other things <laughs> that I could do with my time that don't uh, involve video games like yeah I could sit and, I could play video games for like an hour mm-hmm. a week <laughs> like I sit down I'm like oh yeah this is fun for a minute and then I'm like okay I did it now well, let's uh what else what else I got to do
1: I think we grew up in an era that like every kid, Played video games. So that like that's kind of what the, the question kind of calls back to. Because I don't know many kids my age that didn't have at least play something. Sure. Of course. Question number three. Let's go with wings. Bone in or out?
0: Uh, in. Out's just kind of chicken nuggets with sauce for the most part. <laughs> There's one place I know that like they pull the chicken off the bone. And then they put them in sauce, and then they uh, cook them. Huh. That sounds real good. Real, real good. But other than that, I feel like they're mostly just – there's like breaded chicken. They're like mini chicken fingers in sauce, and that's fine and all. I'm not – I don't hate on it. I'll get boneless wings every once in a while, but for my money, I'm going out and getting some bone-in wings for sure.
1: I've always been a bone-in guy, but it's amazing over the past six months or so how many – people i've had this conversation with whether it be on the show or not have come out and said no i like uh boneless better one that i know because i asked him on his show was uh cpa i, I just submitted a question to uh, to uh his podcast and yeah like mostly all think all of them were like yeah like boning's good but fuck that give me boneless
0: yeah i, I mean uh, i get it i'm from upstate new york though i mean it's it's a it's a culture around here you know buffalo wings are they're not just wings. Uh, if I go other places, I, I'm I rarely get wings outside of upstate New York.
1: Are they that good up there?
0: Yeah, they're just. I mean, most places you go has good wings up here. Uh, anywhere else you go, you, they're much more hit or miss. So I'd rather I'd rather just get something else on a menu than miss on some on some wings. I'm gonna have to go up there and
1: try some because, like, for me, like one of my favorite wing places is Quaker Steak. And if if people are saying like, well, like you and I think I've heard other people say like Buffalo and I didn't realize that kind of like spread out like, no, it's kind of like the whole that whole region.
0: Yeah, it's an upstate New York thing. Uh, Quaker steak's good. I I got nothing against Quaker steak. But if I'm at like a random bar, I don't know if I'm if I'm at a random bar in Cleveland, Ohio, I'm not sure I'm going for the wings. Yeah. okay I I can I can agree with that one. Whereas in, in Rochester or Buffalo, if you go to a random bar, you're you can. Pretty much guarantee the wings are going to be good. Question number four, bacon or sausage? Bacon. It's a much more versatile uh, meat. Crispy or not? Sausage, you can get a little like, uh, you'd have to go into like all different kinds of sausage to to really make it as versatile. But like bacon is straight up, you can have a a breakfast, lunch or dinner or a snack in between. Pretty sure there's a pack of bacon jerky on my table right now. (laughs) Crispy (laughs) Uh, or not crispy? Crispy. All meat for me, I, like we were just talking about wings, crispy. I need them crispy. Like I I like my meats. Like if I'm getting a burger, I'm getting like closer to well on a burger. I need my stuff like cooked, cooked. I'd rather be burned than not. I'll take a nice, nice char on a hot dog, you know.
1: How do you take your steak then?
0: Medium well. Ooh other side i'm not a steak i'm not a steak eater yeah okay people think that's weird but i just don't i'm not really a steak eater so if i'm gonna eat it if it's gonna be a thing that i eat i just i'd rather it be uh shoe leather than bleeding
1: i don't know some of my favorite steaks have been medium rare i tried Uh, i tried rare. i can't can't do it i tried where rare once earlier this year and it just wasn't as good i'm like it's okay but i'm like "Eh." for me medium rare get a little little bit of both it's, it's cooked little but still a little bloody i don't know nope <laughs> nope nope and nope uh question number five let's go with it's the time of the year even though i think i know what your your answer is going to be to this one it's the wilkman question is die hard a christmas movie
0: yes um uh, but i mean uh, Pretty much any movie that takes place in that time of year would would be a Christmas movie, right? I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be just based around the holiday. If it's like if it takes place during that time of year and they they you know they make reference to it, that's enough, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, if we're talking about like Christmas songs, I'm not sure if you ever heard the song "Celebrate Me Home" by Kenny Loggins, but they call it a Christmas song. He literally says "home for the holidays" in the beginning of the song, and then never references Christmas or a holiday again. They only played at Christmas time.
1: Hmm, I've never heard that part of the analogy. The thing that probably the listeners will get will get tired of me here hearing me say is like for me it's not, but I think there's a big discrepancy between Christmas movie and holiday movie. If I go mm. with what everybody says, what a Christmas movie is fine. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Uh, Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. Lethal Weapons is a Christmas movie. Fine, but are they holiday
0: movies? No, no, no. Correct, correct. There, if, if yeah, if if there's if there's a line you're going to walk and you want to put some in the holiday category, like the Santa Claus, or like ones that are specifically like based around the lore of Christmas or the act of Christmas. Sure, those can be holiday movies, but gremlins totally a christmas movie
1: oh yeah gremlins i always kind of forget about that one because i didn't watch it all the way through till like a couple years ago and yeah that's like oh yeah this this is a christmas movie and i always think of gremlins too when i think of well yeah because
0: the sweet hulk hogan cameo of course uh what is your favorite christmas movie though oh it's it's tough it's probably home alone Mm Hmm. um Uh, I I do hold a soft spot for Jingle all the way, though. Uh, I have a a turbo man about six feet away from me right now. Nice. Yeah, Home Alone. Home Alone, probably, uh, like, you would almost barely call that a holiday movie, though. Like, that's a Christmas movie, but uh, I feel like that one gets gets the love as a a Christmas movie for everyone. But, I mean, it just kind of takes, it's about fucking burglars robbing a house. That happens to take place in Christmas time. It's not like I don't know. It's not necessarily based around the lore or the act of Christmas. Um, when which
1: both of the movies kind of have the the, the mirror scene of, of between one and two, but in the first one, the whole thing with the the guy who sh- shovels salt, like he goes into the ch- yeah, going going into the church, and I think that's kind of a a Christmas moment thing. And then there's the part of like like all i really want for Christmas is, you know, my family to be my
0: mom to be here. Or I think the second one might be my, my family, but Hey, listen, I get it. But I'm just saying (laughs) when people make these arguments, people like go, I love home alone. It's one of my favorite movies, but I could watch home alone all year round. I just think it's a great movie. But like when you're arguing about whether or not this or this is, or isn't like home alone at the end of the day is about a fucking burglars who also were burglaring houses, not on Christmas. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, it's not like the the underlying theme of the movie for me. I was I was just thinking maybe with like those two movies,
1: if the the wet and sticky bandits were real, maybe I wouldn't rob houses around Christmas. Because Probably not. You're owing two on that, and especially <laughs> with the same kid. If they made a third movie in like that complete canon, um, let's let's try Fourth of July maybe. Maybe there's not enough of as much valuables, but I mean they were ripping off wealthy homes like everybody has talked about like
0: how much that house was worth when they're going over the things that they're trying to steal none of those things are christmas items they're talking about jewelry vcrs Mm -hmm. odd marketables which was my favorite always like i don't even know what an odd marketable is but i love (laughs) that they were going into houses to try and steal it uh there's a company based out of rochester called fright rags they do like horror movie uh themed merchandise okay And they just put out uh, some Home Alone merchandise uh, and they have a shirt that makes the the dude who puts the salt out like it's a horror movie. It's like says like the Chicago Salt Slayer on the front and it's got him like putting salt out on the shovel and like kids running from him. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. (laughs) Look it up. It's super cool. I I really want it.
1: All right, uh, question number six that I tailor around my guests. This is the one I was thinking for you, and it might become a, a Fae 5 question for everybody else, but I'll deb- right. at least debut it with you. You're, it's Go back to when you're growing up, kind of like clear your mind. You wake up Saturday morning, you, you go turn on the TV, you go grab a cereal and pour it in a bowl. What's the first
0: cereal that you think of that you're pouring into that bowl? Ooh, uh, probably Honeycomb.
1: Well, doesn't get a lot of
0: love. Yeah, uh, I think We used to think that there was more to it because the box was so much bigger than every other box of cereal. Mm -hmm. But it's just because the cereal inside was bigger. But we didn't – I had three brothers. So it's not like we uh, were really thinking too hard about it. My parents were going for for quantity. So uh, I would say probably either Honeycomb or Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
1: Ooh, cinnamon toast crunch. Like my my favorite of all time is Golden Grams. But cinnamon toast crunch is like it's the same cereal, but a, just
0: covered in cinnamon and sugar.
1: And it, it's a different flavor. So it's like right. I can if like I go to a place that they don't have golden grams, I'm like, oh, they got cinnamon toast crunch. It's it's pretty much just as good. And I, I really like cinnamon. Uh, flip side to that okay. although, what would you what do you think is the first cartoon that or anything that you'd become to mind you're waking up Saturday morning watching? <sighs>
0: I don't know. I, I I guess it wasn't the wake-up cartoon, but the X-Men animated series was like the 11 o'clock slot on Saturday that we always couldn't miss. Yeah. I think for me, it, it's in between ABC and their block. And... Well, I was just going to say, yeah, the one Saturday morning block became kind of the thing mm-hmm. with like Recess and Pepperan Ann and uh, Doug, and Doug mm-hmm. once Disney got their hands on it. Other than that, it's – WWF mania well yeah for sure but once again that goes back to like it wasn't on until a little later so by the time when I, I can't think of what I would have woke up and started watching I can't I can only think of what was on in like the afternoon or the early afternoon which was like you know the WWF shows and like the the uh X-Men animated mm-hmm. and uh and that stuff but I did I did enjoy the the one Saturday morning block, and I do look forward to digging into recess and all of its random movies on Disney Plus ASAP. You know a show that's not on Disney Plus that was in that block for a little bit that I really enjoyed. Remember Fillmore? No. Oh man, he Me- was like he was a hall monitor, and it, they treated it like almost like Law and Order for children.
1: Was it? Oh, is it what I'm? Th- did it always kind of come on before one Saturday morning? I, I feel like towards the end it was in the block. Because I remember the one like really badly drawn <laughs> co- courtroom show that was very similar to the, the animated style of like Dr. Katz and home movies. Oh, well, <laughs> what was that? I remember it too. Because that, that's the only one I could think of. And then like I rem- to me, it's the, the one, two, three punch of one Saturday morning. And then uh, Robin Williams as the genie, crepe Minds
0: think for themselves little little oh, yeah, shorts yeah, yeah. now nah, dude, go look up Fillmore. it was really good it was ahead of its time it's one of those ones that you can you can still watch as like a, a slightly older human and still appreciate i'll probably see it and
1: go oh yeah so it's like the the phillos thing i was like what are you talking about like that doesn't sound <laughs> and then like as soon as i see in the box i'm like yes i've i've had it so i'll probably see one animated cell of and go i remember that now that got pushed Way back into, to my it brain. didn't last long. I think it only had like a season. Kind of like when TGIF had like shows that would last a season. Yep,
0: like the, you the only kind of, you only vaguely remember them.
1: Like there there was like Teen Angel, I think was one, and then the, the, there was another one with a genie because they were kind of trying to copy off the success of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. and Oh I, man, yeah, that that was a time I don't one. remember <laughs> that at all. It sounds wonderful though. <laughs> All right, man. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go?
0: No, man. I appreciate you having me on. Glad we could fully uh, link up and make it happen. What th- I mean, people probably know, but you want to throw out your your Twitter and, and Instagram or whatever? Oh, yeah, sure. On Twitter, I am at extremely cute. I always say when I tell people this uh, Twitter handle, I got on the Twitter game very early. So words like extremely cute were still just floating around there for people to have. Uh and on Instagram, I'm extremely Colin. So extremely cute on Twitter, extremely Colin on Instagram. You could try and uh, friend me on Facebook. It probably won't work. I have like a thousand people sitting in purgatory. Just because I don't know people, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm adding this person. <laughs> I
1: still remember when I first started coming and someone like yelled at you about because you took that ECW superstar sign out. It was the first Turner's Hall show. And th- oh, yeah. someone was like, you weren't an ECW. Like, you're like, I'm the one that made money. And it's like that's yeah. it has stuck with me ever since.
0: That that was always my like when I first got off. to like you weren't in, you weren't in the real ECW. It's like listen, motherfuckers, the ECW I was on made a bunch of money. The one you guys love didn't make none. <laughs> Chill, <laughs> dudes are bouncing checks. Relax. Have... Which one was real? Which one was fake? You tell me. One one of them went into debt. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Some one of them still has uh, unpaid debts to wrestlers. The other one paid me handsomely to wrestle on TV. Which one's real? You tell me.
1: And of course, you could find me at Heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com/slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com/slash Wrestling and Instagram.com/slash Wrestling Email if you so choose at DesireWrestlingCheers at Gmail.com, and we still have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Once again, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, rest at Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast. Road Home from Wrestling, Haunted Home Video, The Indie Cast, Center of the Universe, So Bros Network, UXWA Today, Big Gold Belt Podcast, The Co-Host Wrestling Show Spotlight Series, I Got Your Five Stars, Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling, and It's Evolution Baby. And check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Stass, Wrestle- Mouse's Wrestling Adventure, Sickening Pictures, Good Company, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jays, Barbecue, WrestleVoid, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are in the ECW that made money later. In up breaking all your worries, sure would help a lot Would you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And for all these lies you came You're a fake, why you can't say Rules are all the same